Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a principal in search of wisdom and I have found productivity to be a great tool for success. Today I have the great and distinguished honor of interviewing Alma Solis, who is the principal at Steger Primary Center in School District 194 in South Chicago Heights, Illinois. Alma Solis, who are you? Well, first of all, I want to say good morning. Good morning, Efrain. Right and early today. I love it. Um, and the first thing I want to tell you is thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's really a true honor. Um, and who am I? Wow, that's a really great question. Um, you know, I really thought about this and, you know, and, and reflected on this and First of all, well, I, I am a woman, right? First and foremost, um, I am a mother to three wonderful children, okay, 17, 14, and 11. Um, I am a wife to an amazing husband who tells me I love you every single day, so I am blessed. Um, I am a daughter, you know, with the best parents in the world, truly. And um, I am a sister to six incredible women. I am one of seven. Um I am a friend. I am Latina. Um, I am a servant leader. I'm a proud principal at uh, Steger Primary Center. And I'm a learner. And I think that would always be forever a learner. And I love learning. So that that's that's a great thing for me. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, for me, uh, the greatest honor is to be a parent. So I... Uh, share that with you. Thank you so much for sharing that too. Sometimes uh, school leaders exclude that part that is so fundamental. So thank you for sharing that. So Alma, can you share with us your professional trajectory up to this point? Sure. Um, you know what? I think first and foremost, I, I do want to share this that I think I am very proud of and um, I like saying it to hopefully inspire others out there, right? But, you know, I am the first in my family to graduate high school. I am the first, even though I was one of seven, I am the youngest. And I could say I had the opportunity, I had the blessing, you know, to come to this country. I was born in Mexico, came when I was three. Um, so I've had the, you know, the privilege to, like I said, graduate high school. I was the first to earn my bachelor's degree um, in early childhood education and the first to, to earn a master's degree. Wow. Um, and I think that's important. And, um, and now, you know, like I said, I'm a learner because now I am also a student uh, because I, I went back to, to get my, my doctorate degree um, at National Lewis and I'm very excited. Now I just started a month ago. That, that's, you know, it's still fresh <laughs> and new, you know, ask me in a year, how's it going? You know? um, but, um, Um, so that's something that I'm just very extremely proud of. Um, and I share this experience, you know, with you because my, when I went and I earned my bachelor's degree, I think it was different than for many others. Um, I married my high school sweetheart. So uh, we got married really young. We were 20. We were both working full time. We were both going to DePaul University. Um, and then five months after we got married, we said, let's have a baby. I don't know what we were thinking, but you know what? We did it. We made it work. Um, and, you know, we, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that because it, it's something that it's part of my life. Um, and it was super hard. 
but you know what? We never gave up. We reached our goals. Um, my husband finished first and then I, you know, then I did with, you know, with my degree in early childhood. Um, and I was a teacher in the LSIP school district 126 for six years. So um, with early childhood, I taught four years in first grade, one year in second, and my last year in kindergarten, which by far was my absolute favorite. Um, so, and then once I was there, I had a wonderful principal, Dr. Patty Egan, who really um, inspired me to become a leader. You know, mm. I've heard before once that you lead how you were led. Um, and that's someone that I always looked up to. And I remember when I first started as an assistant principal, um, I, I texted her and I said, you are a goddess. How did you make it look so easy? It's not that easy. Um, and granted, I was just an assistant principal and it was my first year, but you know, I always looked up to her. So because of her, you know, she was a great mentor and she inspired me to be who I am today. Um, from there, I, I was an assistant principal in West Chicago for three wonderful years. You know, that was my first, you know, dipping my toe into the leadership role. And I, I loved it, um, you know, with me being, and then now I am, this is my first year as a principal at Sager Primary Center. So it's my first principalship. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a long journey, uh, being the youngest of seven, being the um, first graduate, uh, having a, a, a child with your uh, high school sweetheart, going through that journey, and both of you graduating, congratulations. Tell me, um, what would you say uh, were the biggest lessons transitioning from teacher to assistant principal? Wow, the biggest lesson <clears throat> for me, I think it's just your, your focus, right? I think when you have, when you're a teacher, you're thinking about, okay, well, I have to make sure, I have to ensure my students are learning, right? But there's a lot of similarities, right? You know, as, as leaders, we are the instructional leaders, right? Regardless if you're an assistant principal or a principal. The good thing, you know, that I learned about being an assistant principal, you know, I learned how to run a building, you know, the in and out, the managerial stuff. You know, I think I remember, I think in one of my interviews, someone's asked, like, you know, what do you think about, like, the role of being a principal? Is it a managerial job or, like, what is it? What does it encompass? And, yes, it does have that, right? And that's important. But I think overall, the, our, our meat and potatoes of everything, of everything we do, our why is to ensure that we have our students that are learning. So it's there's similarities, right? Whether you're being a teacher, that's your main goal. When you're a leader, it, it's it, it's the same, but it amplifies it into a bigger scale, because we have to ensure that all the students in our building are learning. Um, it was a shift for me, like I said. Um, I think I have evolved as a leader. If you ask me, you know how I was as a leader in my first year as an assistant principal to now as my first year as a principal. Sure. I have evolved. I have grown. Uh, remember, I said I'm a learner, so just learning every day, and um, but always focusing on the right thing. And as long as you do what's best for kids, you're you're never gonna go wrong. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So Alma, like in Back to the Future, if you could go back to any position you have held in the past, what would the Alma of today that you have mentioned that all leaders evolve? What would the leader of today tell the leader of back then? You know, the leader of today with the leader of back then, with, with everything that I shared, just my whole trajectory and 
by the way, by the time I finished my bachelor's degree, and I did not only have one child, but I had three, we had three kids. So um, I think it was just very fast paced, you know, for my husband and I um, throughout. And something if I would think about back to the future is to sometimes slow down, but not with what we're wanting to do It's just slowing down just to be grateful. I think a lot of times, we're always in the go, go, go. And, you know, it's time to do this, it's time to do that. But, you know, just slowing down and possibly having like a gratitude journal so I can look back and, and you know, you always say like count your blessings, right? Counting our blessings. And I think when we do take the time to do that, I, I definitely think that that's important. So just slowing down in that aspect and and just knowing what our blessings are. Beautiful. What a great advice, having a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And I think the last one or the next one, it would be, you know, and actually I was just talking about this to my teachers on, on, on Friday. We were talking about, you know, our culture and, you know, we're doing a book study, Culturized by Jimmy Casas, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and one of the things that we were talking about is culture killers and culture builders and everything that we're doing. And, you know, and one of the things is like, we're always, we're always so busy, right? And I think with that, I think, and I was just telling him, I said, I think in education, we're in an ever evolving field. It's never going to stay the same. I said, if we really think about, can you imagine if we stayed the same and taught the way we taught 20 years ago, that it's not best practice, right? So I, I did tell them, I said, I think I wish like when I was, I was going to my teacher preparation program, if a professor, somebody would have said, listen, there's going to be changes coming at you all the time, right? But I think it's it's the way we see it. I always tell you know my staff, especially like as I reflect back with being a first year principal, it's it's coming in and saying, you know what, I am not here to change everything. I, I want to honor the work that has been done, right? But again, knowing that we're always looking through a lens of improvement, right? You know, I always quote Maya Angelou that says, you know, once you know better, you do better, right? And I think that's something that has always, you know, stayed with me um, because, because it's important. It's important for us to, to be able to adapt to change, to be flexible. You know, if anything, leadership or being, being an educator has taught me is that, is, you know, and always adapting to change and, and knowing that good things are coming. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alma. So let's talk about books. As you know, reading is a luxury. Uh, uh, we can read in books, we can read in Kindles, we can do audiobooks, so many uh, formats. If you will have to gift two books, one fiction and one nonfiction that are your favorites, which books would those be? That was, that's a really great question, Nefraim. Uh, a fiction book, <clears throat> I think I, you know, the first time, every time I, I hear a fiction book and what's my favorite book, I always go back to my childhood days and my my all-time childhood favorite book was Charlotte's Web. Ooh. And that was the first book I read. It was my first chapter book that I read. And now that I, as I reflect now on why, <clears throat> why Charlotte's Web, I really like the message overall that Charlotte's Web had and knowing that you have a tribe with you, right? You have a tribe with you and to help you and support you. And that is something that I, I, I know I, I make sure I always have. And I think, you know, again, I'm, <clears throat> I'm grateful for having that and always know, just thinking about how I can be someone's tribe as well and helping and supporting. And, you know, I, every time I think about, you know, a fiction book, it, you know, I always go back to, to my favorite one, Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Beautiful. 
<clears throat> what um, about nonfiction? A nonfiction. You know, I, I've been reading a lot um, lately, and especially now, you know, with the, doc with the doctorate degree, some books that are assigned, and they're amazing books, and I don't see them as, as you know, as, as a work, right? But one of, the, one of the books that I read over the summer as I was getting to, getting ready to lead, I love the book by uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, <clears throat> yes, I know, that is such an amazing book, and... You know, there, there's a lot of things, a lot of concepts, a lot of things that I've, I've learned from her and just how being vulnerable, that, that is so important. And in, in being a leader, that's how we have to be. We don't know everything. There's no possible way. I always, I told this to my staff, there's no possible way that we're going to know everything, but having our tribe, having the per, the people, our team that we work with and supporting each other. And listen, if I don't have the answer, I, I will I will get it for you. We'll, we'll figure it out together, right? And um, Efrain, I remember when I first met you in person, um, we were, I think, in the PLC I the think, conference. Conference. I remember when I saw you outside and you told me, hey, congratulations, you know, your first principalship. And, you know, we've known each other through Twitter. And and I said, yes, I do know you, Efrain. And we, we, we talked. And I remember you telling me, um, you know what, Alma, give yourself grace. You know, that's first that first year. And I will never forget that. And in times where... It gets hard. I would always think about that, believe it or not. It's like, I have to give myself grace. It's okay. We're learning. So thank you for that. And, you know, and another thing that I, with, with you know, Dare to Lead with Renee Brown, I I actually have in my office right here, um, I love the uh, Theodore Roosevelt speech that she quotes, the man in the arena. Uh, yeah. But of course, I had to buy the one that said the woman in the arena. Um, so I, I got that one. And sometimes, you know, on those, you know, hard days, sometimes you look up and you're like, you know what, I, I am, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, if I fail, like you said, you, we at least fail daring greatly, right? Amen. Um, and we have to try. So um, that's, that's, I would say that's the book um, that I, I really just think about all the time. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I, I had the, the luxury of um, uh, quoting uh, there to lead my dissertation as I was going through the process of rediscovering myself as a leader. So absolutely uh, a gem of a book, uh, a great book to read multiple times. Thank you so much, Ama. So Ama, who is or who are your biggest influences? You know, I would say my biggest influencer has, has and forever will be my dad. Um, he is one that, you know, loves school all the time and just knowing his story, you know, knowing his story that he always wanted to go to school. But again, he was in Mexico and he said he was only able to go up to, I believe it was third grade or something like that. And then he, he couldn't go back to school because he had to help, you know, his mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa to, to work, you know, so he was always, and he's, he's one of the smartest men I've ever known and when we sit down and have those conversations that is someone who has always influenced me and I remember when you know I told him you know my husband came and he asked for my hand we we're married we're 20 again right the only thing he said listen I will support you this is what you want but I'm going to ask you for one thing and I said okay well, what is it he said don't stop going to school continue your education and I feel like everything that I've accomplished, I feel like I'm living, he's living his dream through me, 
um, when I earned my master's degree, I mean, he was in tears and I cried and it was just really nice. And I honored him and I dedicated that to him. Right. So, um, like I said, he's always one that, that would always, every time I tell him about everything I'm doing, he's just so proud. And because I, I feel like I'm, I tell, I tell him, daddy, just live your dream through me. You know, I, I got you, I'm here. And this is, you know, I dedicate a lot of the work I do for him. Um, he's, he's just very special to me. He just turned 80. We just had his big 80th birthday. Um, and I know, but you know, professionally, you know, my, my biggest, you know, influencers too, like I said, has been Dr. Egan, you know, she was Mm -hmm. the one who influenced me initially inspired me to become a leader. And I talked a little bit about her, but she's definitely one that I still keep in contact now. Um, and she's just, she's just amazing. Um, and also my, my principal where, where I was an assistant principal, the principal there, you know, she taught me so much. I think a lot of the things she taught me, everything she knew about being a leader. And I will always be grateful for that because a lot of the things, like I said, you lead how you were led. And she's one of the ones who would always tell me that. And because of that, I, I was very fortunate to have worked with her. You know, you always say, you know, another thing she would always say is give credit where credit is due. And I do have to give her credit. Uh, because I did, I did learn a lot from her, you know, and I think when you're working with people, you're, you're, you're learning so much of the great things, right? <clears throat> and, but you also learn maybe of what not to do possibly, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've learned throughout, you know, with everyone that I, you know, I have a, a relationship with and, you know, because we're, we're human, right? We're not perfect, but we learn not just from our mistakes, but we learn also from others. So, um, and then I, I'm going to have to say my husband and my children, they're the ones who influence me every day. I want to be a, a role model to them. Um, when I started when I started talking about, hey, I want to do my doctorate, and I didn't think I was going to do it so quickly. Um, I wanted to give it like at least two years in the principalship and then start. But you know what? I, I knew I needed to to build my compa- my capacity to continue doing this 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 work that I absolutely love. And they're, you know, my husband and my children are always supporting me. Like I said, they were there my first graduation with bachelor's, master's, and now hopefully in the three years. Um, For sure. Again. So, yeah, those are the people that have definitely influenced me and in who I am and who I want to become. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And at that note, uh, uh, your doctoral program is going to really maximize uh, your gains and your chances of succeeding because um, it really elevates your practice. So uh, kudos on, on you. It's going to be a, a, a daunting journey, but Amma Solis got this. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. So I'm at, all of us at some point deal with imposter syndrome. We feel we're not, we're not good enough or, or uh, somebody else is better than us for to do X, Y, or C. How do you address imposter syndrome? Um, you know, imposter syn- syndrome, I, it's it's so real, right? It's out there and it's something that I think that we, you know, unfortunately unfor- or unfortunately, sometimes we all, we all think about, right? And we all have doubt, you know, a lot of times. You know, I think, I always remember when I think about the imposter syndrome, I remember um, something that Angelica Romano, I think you know who she is. She's the uh, previous HR director in West Chicago. Um, So that's where I met her. But she would always tell me, you know what, Alma? She's like, sometimes, you know, especially as women, 
I think we doubt ourselves even, even probably more than men. And I said, okay, you're intriguing me. Like, okay, say more. And she said, you know what? Sometimes when, when um, we see a job posting that we might want something that, and then we're reading. And then as a woman, when you read, and there might be 20 different skill sets or 20 different job descriptors that, and, and if you have one of them on there that, that you're not sure of, you automatically say, you know what? I'm not ready for this. I don't think I could do this, right? She's like, versus men, sometimes what I've noticed, she's like, and then they read it and sometimes they might have one or two or even more and they just go for it and they just apply. So, you know, she's like, never doubt yourself. And that's something that that I, I always kept that in mind because it is, it's, you know, imposter syndrome is something that's real, that's out there. But, um, you know, we have at the end of the day, what I always tell myself, listen, if they could do it, so can I. So it's just having building the confidence and actually saying that out loud. And that's something that I preach to my kids all the time. And so they, they hear it all the time. And so that's something that I, that I do, because even thinking about starting my doctoral, I doubt it, too. I'm like, oh, my goodness, is it even the right time? Should I do this? And I remember going to class and they're like, it's never the right time. It's great mm-hmm. that you're doing now um and we just have to you know move forward push, push forward and just again it's just in building my capacity to continue doing the work and i have to remember my why why do i want this right why did i want the principalship you know did, was i ready probably not a hundred percent initially right your, your first day on the job you probably have a lot of those self-doubts but um again just knowing that i, I always have to remind myself that i'm not here to do this work on my own I have a team that I could count on and um, it's building their capacity too, so that we can, we can, I can lead the school alongside my teachers, my staff, everyone. Um, so that's something that, you know, that I always go back to and say, okay, take a deep breath. I got this, I can do this. And if other people could do it, so can I, but making sure that I, we have the right supports in place. Beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for sharing. Let's take a quick pause to celebrate the Teach Better community. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So Alma, let's talk about productivity. As you know, uh, being successful it's not only about our vision and our desire to want to make a difference, but it's to actually make it. And through that, we use productivity. But this looks different uh, for different people. For you, how do you, def- what is your system of productivity? How do you get things done? Well, I thought I had a system and then here comes school again. And I'm a student. And listen, if I like I said, I'm a learner. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Um, but you know, I think being a principal has by far been one of the best experiences that I've had so far. I absolutely love what I do. Um, And I've learned so much. And some of that, you know, we always think about, and this is something that I started shifting even at home. And my, my children would ask me, mom, how was work? And how would I say busy? You know what? It was was so busy. And then I said, no, I I need to stop saying that because, and I would say, you know what? I was very productive today. Or I wasn't as productive as I thought because guess what? Something came up, right? But it's okay. It's just knowing where your priorities are and then establishing that routine, right? Establishing that routine of like, okay, 
coming in, looking to see what your day looks like, even, even from a day or two before, so you could plan accordingly and always kind of have like those backup plans, right? Um, with something that, you know, that I always think about as far as, you know, being productive, what has helped me is, of course, my calendar, right? Um, and I couldn't live without it. Um, but, and just make sure I, we keep putting stuff on there. Um, as far as being productive and making sure, I think as a leader, one of the biggest things that, biggest traits that we we have to ensure that we have is being great communicators, right? And with that, um, you know, again, something that I learned from my previous principal is having like a, a weekly, I ha we're, we're cardinals. So I call my weekly memo, the wing, wing, it's week at a glance. So, um, you know, with that, I, I try not to send a lot of emails though to my staff. I try not to be one that would email them for every little thing. If I have something to tell them, I jot it down in my, in my notepad. And that's something that I'm going to add in the wing because it has my little Solis tweets on there. Um, and so everything's on there for the entire week because in, in my staff knows, like if I send something, it's something that came up that I need to share at the time or something like that. But uh, just making sure that I'm also being respectful and mindful of, of their time, you know, so then um, then I try kind of to put everything in one document. And it's something that, you know, that weekly memo, there's always someone in there when you open the document and they, you know, I've gotten great feedback from that. Um, another um, great thing that, that I've learned is having a, um, a monthly survey, um, you know, that has actually increased our productivity, increased just the way we, we do things here um, and it has three simple basic questions, right? What are we doing well? Second question is what are we not doing but should be doing? And then what are my blind spots, right? Because as, as leaders, we can't, we don't, like I said, we don't know everything or there's no possible way for me in every single section of this building. But tell me, what are my blind spots? Tell me, what are we doing well? What are we not doing what we should be doing? But that second question is all, it also says, what are your suggestions, right? Because again, we could always bring up issues or problems, but again, in trying to cultivate that culture of problem, so problem solving and solution oriented, um, then give me your feedback. How can we make this better, right? So that has, that has been something that has helped me tremendously, especially mm -hmm. in my first year coming into a... Um, to a new building, a new district, um, and just to ensure that, you know, that we're always heading in the right direction. Um, and I think, you know, with that too, with being productive, I would say, is your, I remember, and I think one of the questions that this came up, I think one time, and I think it was Mike Lubefeld, because he was one of my professors in my master's program. And I think there was a question in some sort of discussion board that talks about life balance is it really like work balance or work integration, right? Work-life integration. And I think it's it's a little bit of both, right? But I think um, as leaders and having a huge role in, you know, in the huge responsibility that we have, that and I, I not only do I have my three children at home, but I have 380-something children here that I have to ensure that they're learning. And I always put myself as a leader and knowing that, the way I'm leading the kids here, it, it's ways that I would want my own children's principal to treat them and care for them. So that's something that I've always, that's how I've always led. But with that, I think comes, you know, it's a huge responsibility, but it also comes with it with 
balancing or integrating a lot of the things that we do, right? Like not just work, family, you know, now school work and everything. And it's just building a routine. You know, my professor now, he's like, build, build a routine. For example, he would say when I was going through this program, he said every Thursday evening, that would be my time to go to the library. And that was my time. And I would go and I would always sit in the same table in the same chair. And then what did he say? I think like the last, one of the last times that he was he was there, he actually asked the person, can you please move from this table? Because we can get it. And he looked at him and he said, but you don't you don't get it. I've been coming here for the past three years. This is like one of my last times here. And he, he was like, I, I needed that routine, right? So that's something that I'm trying to create now with something new. Uh, but I think that's also why the reason why I did it now in the spring. So it gives me a great opportunity to get into a routine now summer so that when the school year starts I'm in that routine so right now that's where I'm at I'm just still trying to to fit in that routine beautiful thank you for sharing all of that uh, I I love that um you mentioned that you stopped telling your children busy busy I was so busy because just as your uh, previous uh, leader told you you lead the way you were led Uh, your children will be the type of adults the, the way you model for them. So that was a, a, a great thing to do. And also, um, let me ask you about that monthly survey uh, off camera. We had talked about it. I thought it was a fantastic uh, idea to incorporate. Um, what is one blind spot that uh, your staff say, hey, Ama, you're not noticing this. Uh, I'm, I'm highly curious. Yeah, you know what? I mean, they were some of them were very simple, right? Like your blind spot, like, hey, you know what? Um, when we come in in the in the morning for you know when for our arrival, this is something that we're noticing, and it's causing you know a little uptick in student behaviors. And because I'm not not always there because they have that particular morning duty, that's my blind spot. But um, but also coming back and talking and then saying, you know what? Okay, yeah. So how can we fix that, right? And being solution oriented. So um, yeah, those some 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 of those are just simple. Some of them are like, um, like, hey, you know what? Um, can we? This is just a blind spot. And I think I always tell my 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 staff, you know, this feedback. I want you to give it to me through your lens, right? I have a different lens. You know, they, how they always say, like, as, as, as district leaders, we have that 30,000 foot view, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? As building principals, we have that 10,000 foot view. I see things more in a bigger scale. They're a little bit more, more focused because they're in the trenches, right? Day in and day out. Yeah. So sometimes, it, you know, I have gotten feedback like, hey, you know what? Can we slow down on this particular thing? Mm -hmm. I need a, we need a little bit more time. The team is feeling a little bit of anxiety you know um so those are type of my blind spots and i those are great for me to see on a monthly basis and then i report on those results and during my monthly staff meeting just so they could see because again how you talked about modeling right mm -hmm. i'm modeling um that i i like to receive that feedback so in return when i am giving feedback to them it's like we have this culture of like okay yes we I, my principal does allow me to give them, to give her feedback right and how can we make it better so um yeah it could be something simple it could be something a little bit bigger and then we bring i bring it back to my building leadership team and say hey you know what this is what has come up or i might say if it's a particular grade level i might go to their 
grade level uh, co-plan time and we we discuss it. So yeah, so it has given, it has really given me a lot of great information and just those blind spots, like I said, because I don't know everything and and it's not possible to be everywhere, but, um, and I think they, they, they do know that and it's a great way for us to have that communication. And a lot of times they come up to me, they don't have to wait for the monthly survey, but sometimes, you know, sometimes we remember, oh yeah, you know what, I should probably put that on there. And so I'm really excited for next month's um, survey because we end school June 6th. Uh -huh. I want to send it um, out um, next week or probably even this week at the end of this week. So they have time because I really, I told them um, last time I said, you know, when, when I send you the, the, the May staff survey, because it's usually for the month back, I said, I want you guys to see it and reflect through it, uh, reflect on it for the entire school year. What are some great things that we did? You know, what are some things that we didn't do, but maybe we should be doing to help me plan and get a gauge of what's coming for next year, right? Beautiful. That's a that's a great idea for all principals to emulate uh, an extra opportunity for people to give feedback and also anonymously because sometimes um, people need that space to uh, be vulnerable without saying their name. Right. Thank you so much. So tell me, tell us when you sit down to write that weekly memo. That you said the cardinal memo. Did oh, I it was the wing. The because wing. Because we're cardinals, and it was just it was called the wing. Weekend <laughs> When you sit down to write that, uh, uh, what tips do you have to share? Yeah, you know what? Um, again, this is something that I that I took from my previous principal, and I remember suggesting a format. She's like, "No, I want this like simple. I want it simple for me. I want it simple for for the staff because we have to make sure that we we're doing this on a weekly basis, right?" So um, I basically have just the dates, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where did like the main bigger events right next to the date. And then we, I break it down and I put on there like what types of meetings that I will be in, because I think that's important to know, even if it's just me, even if it's just a meeting for me, because if they're looking for me, then they know at that moment I am not available. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so just putting that out on there. Uh, making sure that I put links directly on there. So if we have our, our our data day, making sure that we have it on there, our problem solving meetings, making sure we put the links right on there. Because I'm not going to tell most sign up for, for a problem solving meeting, but without putting, it's just right there. It's, I try to make it as easy as possible for them. And then there's links on the side that are there all the time, right? Like our master schedule, um, our calendar, our own calendar that we created that everyone has access to. So there's a very like just other important links that we do have on there. Um, on the side, it says what's coming up, right? It's like, hey, giving you a heads up. It's not this week, but it's coming up maybe in the near future. Um, and then towards the bottom, I have the Solis tweets. Um, and then I, I put on there like just different things that we're doing, like if we're doing map testing, like putting in the schedule, making sure that we remind teachers of making sure that they have the, the right testing environment, things like that. Um, and then all the way at the end, um, I got this off, I think it's Stephanie, Stephanie, I can't remember her last name, but she has um, the Monday motivators. Um, mm. She's from Principal Principles, and she has the Monday the Monday motivators. And so there's there's a quote every single every single week that I have. She has two. She has a part one and a part two. So if you guys go, um, you guys can find it. And it's a quote. And then at the bottom, it's the same quote, but it has a, it has like a little story. 
And it's always relates to teaching, right? And then, and then says to reflect on it. So then they have a moment to reflect. And just to make it fun, whoever turns in the reflection for that, I love quotes. I love having, you know, just something as simple as this, you know, on there with like mm-hmm. different quotes on a daily basis that I just read and I reflect on it. And um, I want them given that opportunity as well. And if they fill it out, they put it in a white box and um, I pull a winner every week and they get a gift card, just something nice. And then we say who the, who the winner is just to make it fun. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of great reflections from there. Um, I think it's also provided me a way to build those relationships with staff, you know, again, because we are, you know, busy throughout the day. Um, that That's just a great way because some of those reflections have been, have been really good. They have been personal sometimes, and it just gives me a window into their lives and, um, you know, possibly their struggles or possibly even their celebrations that they're having. So it's really good for me to read that. And that's something that I've, I've really, truly enjoyed. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all these uh, um, nuggets of wisdom. Uh, so uh, I'm um, as a, as a mother, as a wife, as a principal, doctoral student. What do you do for fun? <laughs> wow. You know what? Um, I like to spend a lot of time with my family. I think my mom has always um, instilled that in us. And you know what? Whenever we have something going on, we get together. Um, now that they're, they're, they're a little more understanding that sometimes I have to do some of the work. But they actually just came back from Mexico on Friday night and I was up doing, you know, work and yesterday, you know, making it a priority to go visit them, to be there. That just, it, it, you know, recharges my battery to be around them. And even though I might have to say like, oh my goodness, I have so much things to do. But again, it's prioritizing and I always want to make sure that that on the weekends, I try not to do so much. My routine is coming Friday nights. I stay sometimes to 3.30 in the morning up, but that's okay because you know what? That's And, and that's something that I did even when my children were, were younger. 8.15 was their bedtime. They would go to bed. And that was my just my beginning, right? So um, I think being very purposeful when we schedule things so that I can try to spend as much time with them as possible. Um, I love shopping. That's another thing. I don't like going to the malls though, but online shopping, I can do that's something that, you know, I do. And I think right now, um, something that I'm trying to get to do doing more of is exercising, but it's like, when do I fit that? And, you know, throughout the day, again, I'm still trying to work on my routine, but, um, just spending time with my kids, spending time with my sisters. We're very close with my parents when they're in town. It just recharges my battery. And that's something that, you know, I always focus to, to striving and being there for them always. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Uh, This has been such a great uh, uh, opportunity to learn from you. Any last thoughts you would like to share with the listeners of the show? Um, no, I just, well, well, yeah, actually, yes. I just would like to, to thank you again. You know, I am, I am very happy that you're doing this, Efrain. And I think I'm learning a lot from you. I'm learning a lot from your guests and, you know, and listening and, and, and listening to the podcast, because again, though, these are little nuggets, right. That we do get, and we're learning so much from, from everyone. So I really appreciate you having this platform so that, you know, anyone new to the principalship and trying to find out and getting ideas from other leaders who have been leaders for a long time. Um, but, but thank you. Thank you so much for providing this platform.
Oh, a pleasure and a luxury that you took the time to be with us today. I hope that you have a fantastic Sunday with your children and family. Yes, thank you so much, Efrain. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efrain Martinez. Chulu. And I love that production. Chulu out.